Hello and welcome to Local Sports Matters. I'm Mick Shepherd, and tonight, today, or wherever it is, whenever it is that you're listening, I'm with Malcolm Ashwood. Welcome to the show, Malcolm. Hey, Mick. Pleasure, uh, pleasure to be invited, mate. No, thanks for coming. Um, it's been a while. You've been okay? Yeah, battling on, mate. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Nothing a new body wouldn't fix, but yeah, well, can yeah, I? Right. I understand, hundred percent. Um, so we've um, called a few games yep. together, which has been a, a great honour of mine. I've got to say, yeah, um, no, we're grand final in that in the uh, um, intellectual side. I think a couple of years ago, where it yep. went down to the kick, the last kick yeah. of the game, that was a great game. Yeah, absolutely. Where brilliant. Eastern Park got up. Yep. Yeah. So you've been involved with sport. Local sport and yeah, other levels of sport um, for most of your life. Yes. So where does your story start? Started at Burnside Primary School. Yeah. Um, and I was the only grade five who got picked in the grade seven side. Right. Of which uh, Gavin Jarman, Barry Jarman's son, was captain. Yep. So, and Barry was coach. Okay. Let's just say it was interesting. Uh-huh. I do remember one boy didn't walk in with a bowler. Oh. Um, Barry walked out on the ground and kicked him in the backside. Yeah, now imagine right. doing that nowadays. You'd be in court. <laughs> I reckon. But yeah, back then, yeah, you know, tough love and yeah, yeah, yeah. BJ but didn't muck around. I bet he didn't do that again. No, no, he walked in with a bowler the rest of the year. <laughs> I've got to say, when I was coaching young kids, I got one kid to sew his um, pockets up because he used to always have his hands in That's his pockets. That's a good one. Yeah, don't mind that. Yeah, um, you got to teach the young kids. Yeah. Um, uh, any which way that works, I guess. And then from there, I went to Nord High. When yep. Nord High was a pretty strong footy school, especially. Okay. Uh, so when I was in first year, Nord High won the uh, championship at Footy Park, played Henley High, and okay. so Nord High had David Palm, Jim Derrington, Neil Craig, Michael Holiday, David Simon. So it was a pretty strong and yeah. Ray Adams. Yep. Uh, Chris's dad, a gazer, great from around the traps. Okay. He got the best on ground medal. Yeah, right. That uh, was that your night. first run onto Footy Park. First time watching it. Yeah, right. I, I, might have been. Just trying to think. No, it would have been a. And then Nord went top in seventy five. That was obviously the first grand final I went to. So yep. yeah, around there. Yeah, around okay. there. So, so what um, what did you feel like when you were running out there? On that ground for the first time, was it, were you in awe of the play? Oh, no, I was just watching. Oh, I wasn't playing. Watching, right, yeah, yeah, I was right. in first year. Oh, so okay. that's year right, 12. Right. So, right. yeah, just watching. But, oh, look, I probably was – I was okay at cricket. Yeah. wasn't as good at footy, but loved both sports. Yep. Um, I was actually probably best at hockey. Okay. But uh, – a knocked out tooth, which didn't really worry me so much, was more my parents. Yeah, right. The mouth guard was two days late coming in oh, and all okay. that, and I said, no, I'm playing, and yeah, yeah. so that caused World War Three and yeah. your, your fault for being a bloody idiot and all that sort of things. Stick to the phone. Yeah, so that didn't help me Yep. Uh, with hockey because I made a Burnside representative side, yep. but yeah. But then, yeah, so it was mainly cricket. I was very small as a kid. I didn't grow. Okay. I grew 13 inches in one year. So I played right. all my junior football as a rover. Yep. And while it was lower grades at, for Adelaide Uni, it was yep. mainly rucking. So right. it was a bit different, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So when so that's school. Yeah, so that was school side of things, yep. So when did you start playing I, for a club? I then went out to Paynham. I yep. tried to get a game at Kensington. And let's just say, because I didn't go to a private school and I wasn't a gun, mm-hmm. that always never helped in terms of playing at Kensington. Right. Um, and so then I went to Paynham in 1981 and 
been involved really at Payne ever since. I did go and coach Pembroke for a couple of years, mm-hmm. but then been back and look now. There's a couple of us old older buggers on the committee. More some young guys just doing a really good job. Yep, but just more a bit of an old influence. Just occasionally to go uh, maybe there and yep, just a bit of older stuff. You know, if there's a report, well, let's have a look at things and go through things a bit more logically and yeah. remove the emotion Absolutely. side of it. So yep. yeah, more that side of things okay. now. So when you started out there at Paynham, yep. um, what's some of your early memories? Probably I was definitely good at drinking. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was always all right at that at that yep. stage. Um, yes, yeah, so I played, played, I played, um, Paynham had six sides. Yep. We actually had a side which was called the Olds and Bolds and played it, I played a game in that where Occasionally, they'd have three or four youngsters to play, and our job was basically to chase the ball. Yeah, and that. Yeah, and one of them was a game against Elizabeth, and it was a one-day game, and Elizabeth are cruising; they're going to win. Right. Yep. I'm standing in the slips next to Dougie Olds, mm-hmm. former Nord, absolute champion. Yep. This Elizabeth guy's smashing us. I've said, "Young fella, get your head down, get a knot out, so you can go up next week." And he goes, "Mate, why are you interested in me?" I said. I don't give a stuff about you. I want to hear hear Dougie Olds tell me Nord stories and I want to be out <laughs> on the ground. So, yeah, that was enjoyable. And so played um, up to C grade and our C grade side, we were pretty strong. We yep. played in seven grand finals in a row. Yeah, right. And in one of the premiership sides, there was 10 out of the 11 of us made hundreds for Paynham. So wow. we, we were pretty yeah. – a lot more depth, a lot stronger back then than what it is now, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, I guess you touched on a interesting story from in the field, which is something a lot of people don't necessarily understand because you get, oh, how can you stand out there for four hours yeah. in the sun chasing a bit of leather around? And I tell them, that's when some of the best stories oh, happen. Oh, well and truly. You know? Things come out, you know. I remember this guy for Jeps Cross batting in pink socks. Yeah, right. And... Uh, Tim Goodwin, Simon's brother, and just the two of us just coming up with things about that. So that's stuck. Yeah. That's 30-odd years ago. Yeah. That's just stuck. And just things, your mateships come from that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, I reckon a lot of people who, if they're not involved in sport, don't sort of get it, Mm. but it's... Not really the playing element. It's no. it's everything else. Yeah. It's the social side of it's way more important. Absolutely. So what happens before the final whistle or the final wicket is important, but what happens after it is where it changes your life, really, doesn't it? Big time. It becomes that just becomes part of it. Yeah. And look, majority of my friendships are through sport, well yep. and truly. Yep. You know, I admit I don't know what I would have done with my time. Like, I remember the gap between footy and cricket back then where there's not a gap now, yeah. but years ago where there used to be a three- or four-week gap, you, it was driving you crazy before yeah. the other sport started. Yep. Where now, of course, they overlap. And I yeah. actually reckon that doesn't – I reckon that hurts both sports. I, I agree. Yeah, I, I played semifinals for Teetra Gully and we lost half of our side in the semifinals because they were off doing football pre-season. Yeah. And the same, the same happens at the opposite end of the other season. And that's where both a lot of people no longer play both sports. Yeah. Where, you know, and I'll, I'll be honest, just purely at Paynham, mm-hmm. if we could get the, the guys, 
some of the footballers who are very good at cricket playing, we'd be twice as strong, but you yeah. just don't get people doing both nowadays. Yeah, yep. They're doing one, I guess, yeah. which is good. Um, yeah. But then, you know, they're But I think that's hurt cricket more than footy. Yeah. More people are playing footy and not playing cricket. Yeah, yeah. Any, anymore. No, I'd, yeah, I agree with that. You see that with the uh, attendance for crowd figures. You get the cars lining around the oval, beeping their horns, flashing their lights. and uh, Oh, attendance is at, at Amadalee, you know, your Amadalee games, like your mm. big game, your Tetragalli, Modbury or Paynham Athelston, that gets as many as what were at Norlunga yesterday. I think it was Norlunga yesterday was 1,400. Well, you're wow. getting around that yeah. at those games. Yep. And, uh, you know, that's that builds pressure in itself too, doesn't it, for the A-graders? Yeah, it's also... I think league footy at the moment, sample wise, is caught in a between a rock and a hard place. Right. They're all training still with a commitment virtually like AFL players. Yep. But there's not the financial reward and more and mm. more people are then leaving. Mm-hmm. And I don't reckon again, I don't reckon footy at SNFL level was helping itself because they train too much and train for yeah. too long with pre season. Yeah. And that. So a bit of burnout. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Brad McKenzie uh, from Nord. Like yep. Brad made the point to me where he said, Malcolm, I'm training more at Nord than when I was at North Melbourne. Wow. Now, but Brad's your old-fashioned guy. It's to play with his mates. Yeah. Have a beer after training yep. and all that. Well, that's sort of hard at that level as well. Yeah. Now, he's gone back playing. He's only 28, 29. He's back playing at amateur level. Right. But he still should be playing for Nord. Yeah. So I'm just using him as an yeah, example yeah. and yep. someone I respect greatly Absolutely. too. I'm not yep. having a crack at Brad, obviously. No, of course not. Yeah. Um, everybody makes yeah, their decision their decision. For their, own, for their own benefit. But I think that's where SNFL is becoming younger because yeah. you're then getting the guys 25, 26, if they're no chance, they know they're not going to get on an AFL list. Geez, mm. do I want to make this time and commitment? Mm. Yeah, and that's their crack at the title, mm. isn't it, to get to mm. an AFL level. Um, so... You've so where did you progress to from? Uh, I guess your your early twenties. Yeah, so I played and then so I went out. Uh, Mick Weatherald, so that's Tim's dad. Mick right. uh, Mick played cricket at Paynham. Yep, and he got myself and a mate to go out to Adelaide Uni because Mick was coach of Adelaide Uni. Mm-hmm. So I was out, got out to Adelaide Uni in eighty four, and really by the next year eighty five, I was Fred Blocks, who's my hero. Yep. Um, Right-hand man at Adelaide Uni, and I was really that for 30-odd years. Right. So with Chocker, where I'd run around and do everything. Okay. And that, and back then I was nursing, so I wasn't, uh, and I was working at aged care, I was, so I was doing shift work. So plenty of time where I could do things and yeah. run around. And Yep. Shift work has its advantages, doesn't it? Well, back then when you're younger, so you don't care if you sleep. Yeah. As you get older, yeah, yeah good luck. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's it. So what are some of the... Um, Stories that you remember from, I guess, the early days or some of the highlights at uni? Look, my probably my earliest favourite memory was at uh, InterVarsity in Canberra in 1985. Yep. And a couple of guys from there, uh, Brett Dutchkin and Danny Hanson, I met really on that InterVarsity. I have stayed now mates. mates. Um, I spoke to Danny last Friday. Okay. So that's from 1985. Yeah. You know? um, so that side of that side of thing, 
we were away that week. You actually get to know people a bit more, and you then do. and then I actually played in a premiership side with Danny and Brett in '86. Yeah, right. So that really does solidify yeah. those relationships and yeah. friendships, doesn't Just it? Just using those two as examples. And yeah. So yeah, look, Uni's Uni was a unique club. Mm-hmm. Um, Fred Block. So Uni had what was called hold your bowlies as the presentation. It was really a vaudeville act, and a lot right. of things you can't say nowadays, uh-huh. which happened back then. Yeah. Ironically, we were talking about one earlier before yeah, we started. Yeah. Um, and we can't even mention no, that we on can't, the end. No, no. Um, So lots of things which happened back then you can't do now. Yeah. And ironically, we were only talking about that with another Adelaide Uni administrator today. We're wow. talking about problems and and just how how things have changed. Yeah. And people saying, yeah. A, a, lot, of, a lot of what has changed has changed for the better, but our skin's gotten a lot thinner at the same time. And everything's sort of micromanaged and yeah. you've got to – you can't just sit here and you and I say something and then get on with life mm. where now it's micromanaged to the nth degree. Yeah. Um, you've got to make sure that you're ticking every box with the university. Yeah. You're not upsetting anyone there. So it's it's so much more complex than what yeah. it was years ago. Yep. Well, with that being said, though – I think what we're seeing across the board is a lot more inclusivity. Yes, there's no doubt about that. Um, that's that's improved. Really yeah, yeah, look, um, one of my great joys in the last three years is being pretty heavily involved with wheelchair footy. Yep. And I've made some really good friends and people I value very highly Yeah. out of that and yeah. spent a lot of time and went to the women's final on Sunday and ended yep. up with Woodville West Tyrants, a few of their officials. Okay. And... Previous week, a guy had hurt his hand, and so we, I, you know, I said to Pauline, I said, right, if we there's a sport board in um, losing blood, that guy, he's in. He's our representative. <laughs> and she said, yeah, geez, how much did he play? So we we're talking about that. Right. It's a bit of fun. And yeah. caught up with five or six people from that yesterday. Yep. Ran into one of the Centrals people who was there, watch, uh, two of the Centrals wheelchair people there watching okay. yesterday. So yep. And Adelaide, you know, and Greg Smith. So that's – I didn't know that Greg was Shelby's uh, dad. Right. So Greg would, played for Sydney and Collingwood yep. and Centrals. Yeah. Well, he coached the Roseworthy side and I umpired oh. the Roseworthy side. So I hadn't wow. spoken to Smithy probably for oh, 10 or so years. Yeah, okay. And then it – Oh, I said, oh, geez, I've commentated Centrals this year. Yeah. I didn't know that was your dad. But don't worry, I did sell him a book while I was out <laughs> on the ground. So no, no need to panic there, Mick. I've got you covered. Yes. Um, so you touched on umpiring there before as well. Yep. And a lot of men and women play their entire careers and don't even consider moving into umpiring or refereeing or, or what um, is match officials. Yep. So how did you make that decision? I umpired before I went out to Adelaide Uni. Okay. And then uh, so I umpired when I was quite young mm-hmm. and then played for 12 years for Adelaide Uni. Yep. And then they brought it in that uh, clubs had to supply their own umpires. Right. And so while I, I'd gone I'd gone back to umpiring with the with the Saffle the year when I stopped playing, first okay. year back yep. in 93, I think. Yep. And then when they brought in club umpires, well, I then got involved in that as well. So I was right. doing both. Yeah, okay. So and I was actually umpiring a lot of footy back then. 
Yeah, okay. And the so body many... was okay back then. <laughs> Do you know how many games you've umpired? It is over a thousand, but I'm, I'm not sure how. Right. Ever. I was never. I wasn't like Barry Lewis and able to quote every yeah, game okay. and all that. And look, good luck to him. I'm not having yeah. a crack at bats there, but yeah. I, I never kept records to that extent. Yeah. Well, I guess that also, like a, a rough number, tells that you've been been around the tracks for a long time. For a while. That's a and long. I'm adamant. And I do think this is part of the problem at AFL and at Sample level. These guys haven't played adult football. Yeah. And I really maintain it's a game where you have to have have to have played. Yeah. Now, you don't have to have played at the top level. Yeah. You're playing, you know, parallel at par- and Wingfield and yeah. Green Acres. You learn what's going on. You do. And yeah. you know, I I I maintain it is a game. And yeah. I, I just watching as an umpire, really disappointed with the standard of umpiring at AFL level, but a lot of that is coming back to coaching and instructions. Mm. Mm. Now, we've got this sling tackle furor in mm-hmm. footy at the moment. A lot of that is caused by the umpire not blowing the whistle quick enough. Now, right. I'm not blaming the umpire on that because that's their their instruction. Yeah. So I'm saying the, the instruction. Yeah, yeah. Now, at the moment, a lot of people have no idea what's happening behind the scenes with, no. litiga- with litigation. Yep. Stuff which is happening behind the scenes mm. is going to blow football up. Right. And... It's not whether we like it or not. So you can sit and go, oh, Butler's bump. No, that's ridiculous. It's not whether we like it or not. That's irrelevant. Mm. Unless bumping and tackling improves, we're not going to have footy in five years. Wow. Would you say that playing the sport helps you officiate any sport or is it just footy? I I think it helps any sport, but I think especially footy because it's such a grey area, like right. a reasonable amount of time to Is get it? rid of the ball. Yeah. Now you think of ten okay. of tennis. Well, yeah. it's either in or out. Yeah. So it's not. Yeah. It's a little bit different. Even even cricket, while well, the LBW rule, you can argue that it's slightly subjective, but it's still. Yeah. It, there's still a written law Absolutely. and all that. Yeah, because I guess like I'm a cricket umpire yep. and cricket umpire coach, and I've spoken to and worked with umpires that have played the game and umpires that haven't played the game. And depending on how good they are, you can't tell the difference sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. And it it can be the person may not have played cricket but been a lover of cricket and watched cricket, so they pick nuances up. I I think it comes back to a bit of sporting nous to a large extent. Like their um, intelligence of the sport. Yeah, I guess that's what we learn and educate yeah. the umpires. So I think that's a little bit different in cricket where I yeah. still say footy, you just pick so many more things up yeah. having played. I guess it's just so subjective. Yeah. Yeah, uh, fair point. So you've moved, so let's move into your, so your 20s, 30s, yep. you've gone, you're playing at uni. Um, what's your evolution then? Played at uni, so as I said, I, I was heavily involved on the administrative side as well. Right. And I will say back then, under Fred Blot, uni would have been the most organised club in Australia. Okay. Like uh, financially, every cent was accounted for. The right. profit and loss statements, there was your expenditure, every cent. So something didn't cost 20 cents, it was 22 cents yeah, back then. Okay. Right. So Chocker was so organised. Right. And... I do remember one day where I was in Fred's office, which was a very regular thing, and uh-huh. this youngster's knocked on the door. Chocker said, "Ignore him; he's part of the furniture," <laughs> and uh, walks because Fred was in, uh, Fred was head of the commerce department. Okay, and uh, youngster walks says, "Can I ask you a question?" Yeah, so I said, "Oh, can I answer it, Chocker?" And Chocker goes, "Go on." 
answered it. And the kid goes, yeah, yeah, I get that. Chocker said, yeah, yeah. So he walks out. Thanks, mate. So Chocker starts riding. I said, what are you doing? Chocker says, shut up. Yeah, just <laughs> mucking around. And he goes, right, from all the stuff you've done for the Univert, for Uni Footy Club, you've actually done 13 parts here, 15 parts for commerce degree. And, of course, I'd actually done the rule thing, not oh. just study, you know, wow. because of all the stuff with with the financial profit loss statements, yeah, et cetera. Right. So, and look, just love Uni Footy Club. Yep. Um, and again, I think because the worst player was treated with, that that was Chocker's beauty, with quite often more respect than the best player. So I think right. that's why I got on so well with Chocker, a part of it. And right. that Now, Fred, sadly, and you know, as you know, first chat in my book and that, he's got dementia now, so it's, yeah, he's not good. He's struggling right. massively. Oh, yeah. A big shout-out. Hopefully yeah. he's... Um, yeah, he's, look, there's not much else you can say. No, that's it. Dementia is a terrible disease. Absolutely. Yep. Um, yeah, terrible. So we've covered Paynham, Uni, and yeah, so then I, umpiring. Yeah, so umpired for th- 34, however many years, and... So yeah, became a life member there because you're a life yep. member after ten years of umpiring, right? And that so, um, but your life member with Paynham and yes, Uni as well, yeah, yep. So Paynham with cricket, so and a lot of that is through being on committee as well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. You know, fundraiser. Well, I was always good at raising money. Yep. Um, you know, on the raffle, I was always pretty ingenuity mm-hmm. and think think of things outside the square. Yep. A bit and you know. Same like meat trays at the pub before yep. that was thought of right. to a large extent. And okay. Yeah, just so I was always good at that. Yep. Um, clothing, even like Bob Neal's hard bars to, again, we've probably, probably got to be careful nowadays. Yeah. And that, just little things like that with uni footy. Um, so, yeah, always involved there. Same thing with Paynham. And my mum was an accountant by trade, so she okay. helped a fair bit there as well when yep. I was younger. Yep. Um, so, yeah, always playing, but just as much uh, head of social committee, yeah. running events. Right. Yeah. yeah. So when did the Norwood relationship start? Oh, a fair while again as well. Always been a Nord supporter. Yep. And so I got asked to help out past player-wise, to chase up memberships. So did you know, I've always been involved. And then there, um, in terms of riding-wise then from there, that was through Adelaide Uni Footy Club mm-hmm. where, of course, so many past players are spread. We have social events in Melbourne and Sydney each year. Right. And I go over and run those. Okay. So John Harms from... Um, Anyone who's been involved in sport would know Harmsy for being on the ABC a mm-hmm. fair bit. He's head of the Footy Almanac site. Right. So he asked me to write the Crows Western Bulldogs because we were going to that game from okay. lunch and I yep. interviewed him there. So I did that for a while, but we can all see that Mick Shepard's kicked four goals and I think because there's so much saturation of that mm. side of it, Yeah. I then started in interviewing people and just writing about their life and career. And there's a story in everyone. Yeah, there is. Um, and I really think that's so important. And, it, and it's a great um, lesson that just because someone's better at sport doesn't mean they don't go through hardship and Absolutely. struggles. And yeah, um, Look, Ross Dillon, 
Dylan's bookstore. Look, Ross mm-hmm. is one, one. Ross is unusual that he played state football for Victoria and came here. Well, as we know, most people it's the other Go way. Away, yeah. And look, Ross has been a lot through a lot. His uh, father died when he was sixteen on Christmas wow. Day. He went oh, to fix dear. his drill and electrocuted himself. Oh dear! And he also lost another brother to myopathy disease, and another brother committed suicide. Jeez! And after I'd interviewed him, I'm thinking, how in the hell didn't I know that? Yeah. So I, I walked out and I rang John Wynn up. Now, John Wynn is extremely reliable. If I rang John now, if he didn't answer his phone, he'd bring back with him five minutes. Yep. And Winnie is still very much the leader of that group. Okay. He's got a lot of similarities to Ian Chappell as a person, John yep. Wynn. Yep. And he was very serious, which is unlike Winnie because he's the king of practical jokes. Right. And he said, Malcolm, you've got Ross's trust and confidence. Very few people have, and it's time Ross... You know, cleansed himself. And after I wrote the article, Hamish, Ross's son, rang me and said, hey, this is great. This is stuff we didn't know about Dad. Wow. You've actually helped me in a family relationship out of it. Oh, that's and brilliant. That. So, yeah. And, and then just things snowballed. Yep. So I then interviewed David Payne. Yep. And you would have been hypocritical if you didn't write about my own struggles with alcoholism and mm-hmm. the booze as well. Yep. And I think whatever anyone thinks of me – yeah, I'm not everyone's cup of tea. Oh, I get that. Yeah. But I don't think anyone ever questions my honesty. And I thought, yeah. well, it'd be hypocritical if I didn't write um, about my own struggles yeah. on, on the article on Painty. So I'm ten and a half years now since I've had a drink. Congratulations. So that apologies is. to the pubs and clubs I've driven bankrupt. But, <laughs> yeah, so there's that side of – so, yeah, as I said, there's everything. Yeah. Um, like Tim Genova. I actually umpired Tim Genova when he was at school okay. in 83. So I go right back with Tim – Yep. From there, uh, Grenville Dietrich was very funny. Um, he said, yeah, you realise Cent- uh, North Adelaide wasn't my original club? I said, what? He said, no, nah, I played a trial game for Centrals, kicked eight, got an altercation, merged from the toilets, a fair bit of claret on me, none of it my own. Oh. Turned out it was a Central Districts committee man. I was generously summoned to Chris Grant's office and given a one-way bus to get back to Mildura. Wow. And I actually spoke to, about that to Chris on Sunday. Okay. At the at the ladies' final. And he verified it. Yeah, oh, yeah, he was smiling. Yep. <laughs> he was nodding his head because it was him and Sonny Maury. Right. And, uh, yeah, Chris was nodding his head as I was telling the story. He, he knew what was coming next. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, well, I guess you don't forget that in a hurry. No. So, yeah, so there's things there. That's where the writing side yeah. of it snowballed. Yep. And, look, if you'd said I'd end up writing a book – I would have said, Mick, don't be a bloody idiot. You know, there's no chance of that. So, yeah, right. Yeah, so that's been a But it's, it's a good book, I've got to say, the definitive rule book, um, and it's quite heavy. Yeah, it is. I've got to say. Like, there's um, a story with that too, actually, Mick. Okay. Because um, with the book was meant to be out, COVID, COVID, the time right, kept yeah. getting pushed back. Yeah. Uh, Mark Robinson, who come from tonight on my way here, yep. said, stop sooking go through all your correspondence and I don't delete emails. Right. So I found a phone number and rung it. Okay. And it happened to be the head of the company. His number was not meant to be on this form. Oh. And he answered the phone. And having gone nowhere for three months, I, it was all organised within an hour for me to pick up the books. Wow. So I went down with my son and it was heavy loading 1,500 of those imagine. on my trailer. Yeah. And... Automatically, the tyre was flat. And I'd write, now, luckily, there was an on the run dead opposite, straight oh, across the road. So yeah, I okay. crawled across doing yeah. about 5Ks an hour. Yep. So we're then driving up Grand Junction Road on December 23. Right. Which, as you know, everyone's yeah. in a hurry. Uh-huh. 
I'm doing 30Ks up an hour, an hour going up Grand Junction Road because I'm terrified how much weight yeah. I've got on my trailer. As soon as you lose a little bit. Yeah, so I was very careful. Yeah. And everyone's beeping and abusing the crap out of me, especially <laughs> at you know the main intersection, the Port yeah. Wakefield. Yeah. Like, yeah, a lady let down her... The window and oh, yeah, she, she yeah 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 yes with certain language we can't use now yeah and uh, of course the typical seventeen year old we get back said geez caught a bit of abuse there I oh, did we been on his phone the whole time and he didn't no miss the word of it because <laughs> I was so worried about the trailer I was looking behind yeah. me the whole time so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so that Crazy. was quite funny so uh, where can you get the book. From Dylan's yep. or myself. Now, okay. I'm Malcolm Rulebook Ashwood. Now, yep. people wonder where's the rule book come from. I quoted a rule to an umpire in 984 playing for Adelaide Uni. Right. Because, as I said, I was an umpire, so I yeah, quoted yeah. it. The nickname stuck, and right. it's well and truly stuck. And there'd be a lot of people now who don't actually know. And that's probably the beauty of Uni Footy Club, too. Yeah, yeah right. Just wouldn't know, don't know my name. So I just know you as Rulebook? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And there was... There was once when I had to ring a guy up and I just looked up the number. Didn't even think anything of it. His mum answered and I realised I didn't know his actual name. Oh. And the nickname could have had religious connotations to upset oh. people. So I just automatically, right. I, I had to hang up and ring, yeah, ring back right. a few minutes later. Wow. Did you ring earlier? No, no. I don't know what you're no, talking about. No, no. <laughs> so, yeah. But, well, that's one thing with... Nicknames, though, isn't it? Yeah. You know, yeah. sometimes the, your actual name gets yeah. forgotten. Yep. Yep. Very uh, much so. It is what it is, though, I guess. Um, so how long has the book been out now? A couple of years? Yeah, it is a couple of years now. Yeah. Yeah. And you're getting through on? Yeah, look, it's, it's hard work. The only yeah. way you sell books is getting off your backside and promoting it yourself. Yep. Um, it's really had a... It's it's done okay at Dylan's, but it's slowed right down now. Right. It's not the it's not the new book yeah. going there and yeah. that. So you've just got to work yeah. your backside off yourself. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're doing a good job. Yeah, I'll don't worry. I keep having yeah. a crack. Yeah. <laughs> um, so with your sporting journey, yep. Um, I'm all about trying to get people that haven't played sport in a while to come back, or if you're thinking about playing sport, to come out and play sport, what positive benefits are there for those people that Look, want I to play? Th I think sport is unique in terms of it is inclusive. Look, to, I will say now with cricket that it's become our, our – we are virtually got nearly – the Sri Lankans, Pakistanis, Indians, and they're all playing at Panem now. Yeah. So we are covering a lot of different nationalities. And it, that's a challenge in itself, um, and it's it's different. Mm. Yeah. And it's, it's actually a learning experience, really? even for us older buggers, was, it's still a learning experience. I was just about to say the cultural differences, Yeah. they're not too big that we can't overcome and learn about the cultures from the people that have moved here to this country. And I think with me being now the non-drinker, that actually yeah. helps yeah. bridge it with a few with a few of them, that they're yeah. quite happy that I'm walking over with a Coke. Yeah, yep. Because that's what they're drinking. Well, one of the positive messages I saw out of the Australian cricket team was Usman Khawaja yes. 
drinking a Diet Coke. Uh, yeah. Look, I'm drinking a Diet Coke here. Um, bottoms up, everyone. Yeah, and, and that exactly that. I'll quite happily sit with Alex Carey and Travis Head with them having a beer and yeah. I'm having a Coke and that's not a problem. Exactly. And I think that's that's then now becoming a thing in local cricket. Yeah. And it is. It's a step forward, you know. Yeah. The macho Australian attitude is, hey, hang on, mm. let's let's have everyone involved. And I, I do think it, it's certainly a way forward and it, it's it's great. Yeah. Yep. Apart from having to write some of the names out, you can get writer's cramp from that with a few. <laughs> so, yeah, that's always a challenge. Yeah, that's right. And the um, and part of that cultural difference is, is their first name and their last names can be yes. interchangeable. Yeah. I've played with... Um, with a team where their bowling name was different to their batting name. Yeah, it's... And we couldn't... And that stuff's up my cricket and yeah, all that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is different. Yeah, yeah look, it's it's a learning experience. Yeah, but that's the um, is. But, yeah, it's... Look, as I said, personally, overwhelming my relationships and friendships are through sport. Yeah. I don't know what I would have done with my time. Yep. Um... But yeah, I admit I'm a sports nut, but and my knowledge was always more better than my ability. Yeah, um, I did get 178 not out one day though. At least I have, at least I well, have done that. that. Yeah, Absolutely. so I've done that. No, well done. So, um, and I'm a member of the eight foot club at Paynham as well. So that's yeah, wow. a couple of things. Yeah, yeah. Um, two big ticks there. Yeah, played a couple of premiership sides at uni. Yep. So just an a, a we wasn't a eleven. We called it a double one. A double one, yeah. Okay. A double one. We won by two points, so that was that was right. that was worth it. Um, yeah, but and again, I think also having played for uni, yep, that you may you, that does encompass it absolutely everyone. Yeah. You may play with the son of the wealthy lawyer, yep, or you might be from the person whose parents worked their backside out of Elizabeth or Ferriton Park, yeah. Come, you know, to come through, and all that, and yeah. I think that's harder nowadays with hex and stuff like that than what it used to be. Yep. Um, so I think that's worry that it is uni is becoming more elitist than what it used to be, because uh, you know that was the the line of our eighty six premiership side that we were some decent spooner folk and some, with some western suburb junkies. You know, right. the, the joke line yeah, there yeah, because yeah. and it did it yeah. did have absolutely everything in it. Yeah. And you know you remember those those days and the uh, those relationships you form. Yeah, and as I said, you know, there's Danny from 1985. Yeah, yeah, I still regularly. Yep. Be very unusual that I don't speak to him, him in two or three weeks, you know, sort yeah. of thing. Um, yeah. yeah, and that's just always. And look, even at, like doing that another sports doing the sports podcast, Sports Media SA, which I'm doing with uh, Pete Matthews, like yep. interviewing Stephen Patterson last week, and he, you know, we're doing, right, who is your coach? He said, oh, Dennis Borden. I said, at Pembroke, I said, he coached me at Nord High. And Pato's, yeah. is there anyone you don't know, Malcolm? And I said, it is sport in Adelaide, <laughs> Pato. sport. Yeah. And, like, I've only been here for 20-something years, but I can walk down the street and just about run into somebody I've either played with or umpired yes, or played against. Very much so. You know, it really is a small it's a small community with a big heart. And that was one of the first things going out with my now wife of thirty two years when we first went out. We we're at the show. Right. And she was gobsmacked. 
how many people I was saying hello or saying hello to me. Yeah, right. And I said, look, Emma, I'll be blatantly honest, you better get used to it. <laughs> we're going to be around because that's Adelaide with sport. It really is, yeah. yeah. But it's really and I cool. I said, I've been so involved. Yeah. And Adelaide Uni is such a big club. You know, yeah. 300-odd people play footy for Adelaide Uni every year. Yeah. And Paynham was also... Uh, six senior sides and yeah. so many junior sides. So they'll be clubs as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, yep. and yeah. And then the relationships you have with your opposition. Oh, too, very much so. You know, because once the game finishes, yep. you go and have a chat and a, have a drink with the opposition oh, exactly. and, and chat with them. It could be a big game and they might be handing the mirror around if they've lost or the same. But And I think now that, we're at snowballed with your social media side of things. Yeah. So you actually... Are in a lot of contact. Yeah, might not even be a sentence here or there. Yeah, yep. but you know, Tiger Clark played for Grange. Constant stuff with him on Facebook. Yep. You know, Ian Jaggard. I'll speak. I spoke to him two weeks ago. Stuart Blades, another. He was a really good mate. Played against him for Grange. Someone I speak to pretty regularly, and his distinctly better half in Sam works for the SNFL. Right. So she's actually the one who emails stuff to me on a Friday, so if I've got a question, I've got to ring Sam. Okay. So it's quite funny. Yeah. Yep. Hello, better blades. She actually knows immediately <laughs> it's me. Yeah. And that. Yeah. Yep. So, again, that's typical Adelaide. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you could be a part of all of this shenanigans and relationships with people that you might never have thought about. And I think the other thing too on a sporting side of things, don't worry about, oh, I've never played or I might be useless, whatever. You fit in anywhere. Like, Paynham's got six sides. Yeah. Adelaide Uni's got uh, eight senior sides with footy. You know, Adelaide Uni soccer's got truckloads of sides as yeah. well. So there's, there's something there yeah. at anyone. Don't be afraid that you haven't played before. It's no drama. That's right. And that's what coaches are there for, to help you... Well, you just fit in. Yeah. And the thing is, even if, and I think this is important as well, is that for argument's sake, you might come along and you might want to play. You might not make the grade. You might not meet the minimum standard, but the amount of help that you can give and be a part of a local sporting community, you might be, end up being a team manager or a team coach and learning the sport. Well, the classic bit, the people who end up being administrators generally aren't the A-grade players exactly. and all that over the line. If you're actually yeah. thinking, go through in your head now who's on committees, I'll give yeah. you the big tip. It's not the A-grade superstars. It's generally quite often the people down the grades who see the whole perspective. Oh, I agree. So that there, is, there's, yeah. there is basically something, a role in every club. Yeah. And one of the things I've seen that's diminished somewhat is those support roles. Well, there's, I'm thinking even in pain and footy, I'm thinking of a couple of people in particular. There's one guy, he just goes and watches. Yep. He's a big pain and person in terms of watching. Yep. But he helps pick the bottles, cans and glasses up. Right. And he's really valued for that yep. role. And Zia McIntosh is uh, Gary's uh, you know, partner, et cetera. Yep. Treats him with great respect and all that. And yeah. And that's his bit in footy. That's his role and in in his involvement. Everyone knows him, etc. Yeah. And he's never played. Yeah. And well, so that, what? That helps the club. Oh, massively. Massively. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's part of the community. And that's just thinking of someone off the top of my head. Yep. And there's someone like that at every club. You know, yeah. You know, all that. 
Now, look, uh, Wallow at Adelaide Uni's come back. Now he's older, obviously. He's not yep. playing. He's yep. come back. He's doing the timekeeping. Okay. Yeah. And he actually like he likes timekeeping, which yeah, is okay. unusual. Yeah, yeah. My dad loved timekeeping. Okay. And my dad was timekeeper for Adelaide Uni for a, lot, a huge number of years. So there, dad loves scoring. Yep. Again, which the scoring is another yeah. massive part yeah. of the game. So dad scored. So I was pretty lucky, captain that I actually had a scorer. Yeah. You know what it's like, yeah. score a manager, those persons yeah. worth their weight in gold. Well, that Absolutely. was my that was my dad. So mum would also bring afternoon tea for yeah. $8 million. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was – cricket was very much yeah. an Ashwood family thing. Yep. And then footy-wise, dad came and, and goal umpired a couple of times. But uh, he got out of position one day and got collected goal umpiring and mum very quickly banished him to the timekeeping box. Right. And so then Dad ended up being a great timekeeper for Adelaide Uni for a huge number of years. And it was quite funny, the 99A1 grand final. Yep. Because it's – so it's independent timekeepers. Okay. Well, let's just say my dad might have been a fan of the person who was doing it that uh-huh. night. So he was sitting outside <laughs> doing it himself as well. Yeah, okay. Now, that night I actually uh, was the – on-ground official for the Amateur League that night. Right. So I'd helped just get the people through the warm-ups. Yeah. yeah. Can you guys get a move on over there? Yeah. That's, yeah, yep, yep. dog's body stuff. Yeah. Well, he was messaging me, so it wasn't. There's about two minutes to go. There was 92 seconds to go. Then right. there was 42 seconds to go. And I have got a loud voice, so I was organising uni's defence and uni won by a point. Right. So I was actually on the ground because I knew the siren was going in two seconds as the umpire yeah. was balling it up. So I'm actually surprisingly very quickly out on the ground <laughs> because I knew the siren was going. So, yeah. yeah. So yeah, the brilliant. sport was very much an Ashwood family thing there as well. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you don't have to do it yourself. No. You know, you can involve everybody and, yeah. and it, it does have huge benefits. And, look, we're talking on a cricket and footy yep. perspective because yep. that's the sport's yeah. I've been involved with, yeah. but it's any sport. Absolutely. You know, it doesn't matter. Whatever meets your fancy. You know, mm. If it's hockey, soccer, lacrosse. Yep. As I said, I've now got involved in wheelchair footy. Yeah. And I really enjoy that. On Friday, Friday night at Lights View. Yeah. Fantastic complex. Yep. Um, and that, So just look up Lights View, anyone out there. So come along and have a look. It's free to get in. Yep. Come along and have a look at wheelchair footy. It blows your mind. It is the quickest sport I've ever watched. Okay. And I will say it is the most tactical sport I've ever watched. Right. With the blocking of wheelchair. So it's quite yeah. often two people pin the best player in and this okay. one go there. So I've seen a bit of wheelchair rugby league. Yeah. So it is similar to stuff like that. Yeah. So when the Paralympics was on, we were yep. watching it at home. And so I said, damn, all right, this will do, they'll do this, they'll do that. She said, How the hell do you bloody know that? I said, because being involved in wheelchair footy, I've now learnt the nuances yeah. of it. Yeah, and so. it's um, brutal. Yeah, and look, when you're commentating, you had to know that because you had to know what was going on. Yeah. And because it's so quick, and the Sturt, the Sturt centre player, Matty, is a gun. He's, I call him the robber of the sport. That's how good right. he is. okay. But they were scoring a goal so quick, you actually did not even get time to get Mick Shepard out before the ball's back in the middle for the next wow. play. Yeah, right. So that's how quick the sport can go. And Yeah, yeah right. And I've made some, as I said, some friendships yep. I, uh, I really value. Yep. So what else is what else is going on at the moment? 
Um, have you got any other things that you'd like to promote? No, no, not really. As I said, my book, yeah. uh, that side of it. It's involved with uni. On the I run the past players side of things yep. at Adelaide Uni. Yep. And look, trying to get out there, and we're actually talking about it today. We've got to sell ourselves a bit better to try and. You know, well, it's not just robot ring to annoy the crap out of you. That yes, we need you to be a member because this funding from the sports session has dropped. It's actually a lot harder now. Yeah. So there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes that we've probably got to explain a bit better as well. Yep. So cool. yeah, no but look, basically a sports nut. Yep. Uh, love it. Uh, cricket and footy's the main two, but I'll watch anything. Yeah. And I think also, coaching-wise, I'll quite happily go and watch a C2 game or mm-hmm. whatever. Sport, sport. There's always something there. There is, absolutely. Uh, well, thanks very much for coming no, in, no. Malcolm. Thanks, Mick. Really appreciate it. Greatly appreciate it. That was Malcolm Ashwood um, chatting all things sport all things what happens behind the scenes and the relationships that's formed. Um, you can catch his book, The Definitive Rule Book, at Dylan's Bookstores and uh, look up Malcolm Rule Book Ashwood on Facebook and he will be able to look after you every bit of the way. Cheers. Talk to you next week. Thanks, mate.